So you bought rental properties so they can create more time and financial freedom, but the problem is you're spending a lot of time managing the properties. How do we automate our properties so that it's creating more time instead of costing it? How do we as landlords protect our investments, our time and our progress so that we can scale our portfolio? That's the question we're going to answer in this podcast. My name is Sam Kwok and this is the Landlording Automated Podcast. Let's go get some updates as far as what's happening in current events. Um, certain states right now have your own state moratorium. I feel bad for you guys in California because California, you guys have a crazy, ridiculous eviction moratorium. But again, that all goes back to some of us, right? A small minority of us, unfortunately, um, don't want to do the right thing. So the federal eviction moratorium has expired the 25th. So federal eviction ban ended. Okay. The HEALS Act that's on the table right now on the Senate floor, it may include. Uh, an extension of an eviction moratorium for additional, I believe, 120 days. That's a typical kind of uh, extension. So we may see a three-month or six-month eviction ban on a federal level, which means it supersedes and overrides your state eviction moratorium. You guys get what I'm saying here, right? So at the federal level, Senate passes an eviction moratorium that affects you even though your state may not have an eviction moratorium. So that's something you've got to pay attention to right now. It, it, again, it's not introduced in the bill yet, but I have a strange, suspicious feeling that the other half of the senators may want to introduce uh, an eviction ban that's more so on a federal level. So right now, California, Illinois, New York, to what I know, has an eviction ban, state level. We had a guest yesterday, Tim, uh, talked about here, at least in Illinois, where I live, we have an eviction ban until the 28th of August. So your state may have it. If, if your state doesn't have one right now, technically you can, you can evict. Uh, if your state doesn't have an eviction right now, yes, you can evict your tenant. But it's a question of should you if your tenant is going through some hardship. And I get it. Totally there with you guys. If, if they are living in your property and they're not paying, technically they're squatters, right? But I think this is an unprecedented time and a very unique time where I think everyone is somewhat impacted. So, you know, one thing I've been saying from day one from this pandemic is, hey, work with your tenants, man. I work with them as much as possible. I've experienced that 85% of all tenants out there want to do the right thing. They want to do the right thing by wanting to pay you rent. They want to follow the rules. They don't want to be a jerk about it. And unfortunately, 15% of the tenants out there, yeah, they're jerks. But work with your tenant as much as possible. And, and if you come to a point where it's feasibly impossible. They, they don't want to work with you. They don't want to do the whole payment plan or they don't want to show some sort of cooperation. Then yeah, maybe you, you do pull out the eviction card if your state doesn't have an eviction moratorium. But I think, you know, working with them, being sensible, common sense, right? I, I think kind of trumps everything right now. So uh, yeah, guys, the guest room is still open. Guest spot is still open. Uh, you guys can jump on. The Zoom link is available down below. Um, it's if you guys just want the meeting ID, it's 773-968-3030. Again, that's 773-968-3030. That's the meeting ID for Zoom. Jump on board. We'll love to have a chat with you. Or maybe you don't want to appear. And if you guys want to tell me what your problem is down below, go for it. Obviously, if you guys are watching the recording right now, I won't be able to answer that. But it would help if you actually show up tomorrow's uh, session from 1130 to 12 p.m. Central Time every day. So that being said, um, uh, a lot of things happening right now on the current event side of things. So very interesting. Uh, anyways, guys, uh, another thing, I guess, mini announcement from the, the Co-op Weather side. If you guys haven't done so already, guys, go grab your free copy of this book, right? Zero to 75 units in one year. I know it's a shameless plug, but let's in place of a, a sponsor that we usually have on these shows. 
075 units, one year. We're going to show you exactly how my brother and I were able to acquire 75 rental units in just one year. Uh, and that's without using our own money. That's without using our own credit. And we were 24 and 22 years old at the time when we did this. So we're going to show you exactly how we did it. Now we're taking this principle, this concept right now, and we're, we're launching a private fund, a private equity syndication in English, if you, if you want that. Uh, if you want it even, in even more of an English, it's basically we're putting together a group of investors together to invest in bigger projects. I'm not, I'm not going to share where because you know, I got to protect our investors. But go grab a free copy of this book, guys. It's 0 to 75 units in one year. To get it, it's 0 to 75 units.com. So 0 to 75 units.com. Uh, it's free. Just need to pay for shipping. That's all you got to do. So 0 to 75 units.com. Okay, so it looks like we may have a guest joining us. We got no Noel, I believe. So let's go and see. Let's bring, bring this person up. All right. So Noel is on. Noel, is, is, is it no or is it Noel? I, I just want to make sure I, I'm it's, saying your name right. It's Noel. Noel. Awesome, Noel. So, hey, good to have you on the show. Uh, what are you a landlord or landlord to be? And what, what is your current challenge or problem that you're dealing with? I am currently a landlord. I have four units, two 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 units that are side by side. Okay. So that's kind of nice. Nice. But um, I recently sold one of my single family homes, and uh, I was trying. I'm in the process of trying to do a 1031 exchange. Good. I've just been having a problem trying to trying to find a property, and I'm coming up to my last few days here. I've been. I I feel like um, I I thought I knew what I wanted. And now the deal kind of fell through and now I'm, I'm more like trying to settle or I'm facing, you know, the challenge of, uh, you know, having paid the capital gains. Yeah. So you initiated the sale, um, but you're, you're not able to find the next property within that, that a lot of time window is, is basically what you're asking. Correct. Okay. So how many days do you have left? Do, do you know? Yeah, I have three days left. Three days left. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you could do. I, I guess it's still possible. I'm not, I'm not going to throw that out of the, the realm of possibility. Um, is it now, is it days left to designate the property or days left to actually close on that next property? Cause there's a, there's a difference. Could we identified a property okay. that we found some potential, you know, it wasn't what I originally wanted, but yeah. at this point I'm just trying to avoid paying you know, the taxes on the, on right, the, the capital, capital gains, gains from the sale. Right. Yeah. How much, how much of capital gains are we talking about here? Is it a few thousand, ten thousand, tens of thousands? It'll probably end up being about between 15 and 20 K. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot. So it was a good amount that I really, yeah, I really wanted to use that, you know, roll, roll it into the next investment. Right. Yeah. Have you, have you talked but, um, to accountant before about other ways to mitigate the capital gains? Um, I have not. I've, okay. I've been a landlord for about seven years now, and this is kind of the first time I'm going through a sale and, and kind of just finding myself in this situation, yeah. you know? So a lot yeah. of lessons learned here, right? And, uh, you know, right. now now that I, as the days are coming up, I'm, I, I said to myself, I'm like, you know, I should have identified a property before and done a, a reverse, 10, a 1031 a reverse exchange. Right. Um, but, you know, that's... Uh, that's the lesson learned here. Yeah. But so, I, like I said. No, I was just going to say, so like with 1031, um, I used to try to pick the property first before initiating 1031, right? Okay. Um, you know, like either putting it on the contract or, or at least having some sort of intent to, to buy it. 
that way you kind of have a, you, you know, you have a, your ducks in a row before we actually execute on a th 1031. Um, so at this point, I mean, it's still technically never too late, right? I'm not, I'm not going to throw that out of the realm of possibility. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in uh, procrastination and, and, and how, that, how that can kind of fuel you and motivate you. But never too late to go and find another deal within three days. Now, you, you may want to start looking at other tax mitigation strategies. Uh, you, wanna, you do want to speak to a, a CPA or an accountant or an earn agent. Uh, that specializes in, in the real estate space, right? Someone who maybe has done deals before. Uh, I, I may yeah. actually suggest uh, a gentleman named Steve Hamilton. He uh, is actually an instructor for our courses. Uh, he's an accountant. Uh, he's done deals. He is a landlord himself. He is a real estate investor. So it helps that, you know, you have someone who's an accountant and also an investor at the same time, right? And, I, and I'm not giving you any tax advice in this show, but but some ideas that I can spin off the top of my head is when you do end up buying the new property within this year, there, there might be ways to accelerate some of the depreciation, uh, which I think there's a law that, that just got passed. Uh, I can't remember which one, but I think there's a law that got passed that, that would allow you to accelerate the depreciation to where you can report losses. And hopefully that should and will offset the fifteen dollars to $20,000 capital gains from the previous sale. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I, like I said, I haven't really found myself in the situation, so I've been, uh, I've been uh, just doing some research, working with my brother. I've, I'm very lucky. My brother is a uh, is a real estate agent and landlord okay. himself, so it helps to have uh, an advisor like that. You know, when yeah. you're seeing deals and and uh, you know he deals with this on a on a daily basis, so you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would seriously um, talk to an accountant. I think you should definitely do so. I, I know it's going to cost you a little bit of cash along the way, right? It's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks. But, hey, it, it, if you can find a way to save $15,000, why not, right? Oh, hey, we, look we have here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. What, this is going to get very, very interesting. Hold on. Noel, we got Steve Hel Stephen Hamilton on the show. One sec. Let me, let me get him on board. This is, a, this is the first time. So, okay, Steve, I, I see you're, you're here. How's it going? You you showed up like Jake from State Farms. <laughs> I was like, you know, like a like a good neighbor. State Farms here, and you appear, boom, like Stephen Hamilton, the the tax professional. So, I'm guessing you've been following the story, Steve, with Noel here, right? He he was trying to do 1031. He's got three days left to de to to specify the property. Now he's kind of stuck. What do you got for us? Oh, <laughs> I love when you say that. When did that 1031 start? Um. Let me check here. I know it's August. Uh, August third is my last uh, my last day. So next Monday. Do you remember the date of the sale of the property? That's you know I, I'm sorry. I received an email from my from my QI saying that that it was the last day that I had to designate a property. Okay. Oh. Good news and bad news. Do you want the good news or do you want the bad news? Let's uh, let's hear the bad news first. You can tell a lot by a person by, by which news they want first. <laughs> the bad news is you have a lot of work ahead of you by, by, by that date in order to try to find something. Um, out of curiosity, how long were you holding the property that you had acquired prior? It was about seven years. About seven years. Okay, what kind of price point are we talking? Um, how much the, the sale of the property was for? Yes. Uh, 185, single family home. Okay. I'm gonna do some quick you know, back of the napkin math. Yeah. So how much did you sell it for? I'm sorry, it was the sale price one one eighty five. Oh, how much did you acquire it for? Fifty five. 
How much did you put into it in terms of investment? Do you know what your basis is? You know what? I don't have those, those exact details. I did. Um, I, I do have an, an accountant, and they, they kind of gave me the ballpark figure that, you know, I would be looking at paying, you know, the between the 15 and 20K for the sale of that property. Based on, based on, you know, the purchase price and, and, and money that, you know, cause I re, I remodeled the property. It was a, it was a buy, uh, fix and hold, you know, obviously seven years. Right. Um, my big concerns would be looking at what your overall exposure is, but yeah, your, your best bet at the moment is to look at jumping into some type of deal here, even if it's kind of a placeholder. Um, the way I normally like to structure these deals is before you actually sell the relinquished property, before we actually sell it, the goal is usually to try to line up our next purchase. Right. So otherwise we end up in these kind of deadlines. Now, qualified opportunity zones normally would have been my preferred method to dispose of a property and jump into one of those. However, um, where we're at now, yeah, you're, you're, you're not in a good position at the moment. Um, I, at, at, at the moment, I, I kind of wanted to take that money and roll it into just a bigger investment, right? A bigger multi-unit. Um, like I, I had mentioned before, some of those deals kind of fell through. And now, now the deals that I'm finding right now, there's always a deal, right? But I'm looking at single family homes. But is there a time limit on how long that needs to be held for before I can do the next 1031 exchange? Technically, no. So if you buy an intermediary property here and dispose of it six months from now, there's nothing wrong with that. Ideally, if I were in your shoes, I'd look for something that I can value add. And keep in mind, you could even acquire two properties, three properties. You know, so you do have options. You're just stuck with a very tight time frame. Okay. Yeah, I got a, a few single family homes that, you know, if it means that, that, it presents themselves as an opportunity, right, to buy, fix, and and sell or or hold and and, and rent out. So I may go that route. It's just it's it's a big bill to swallow the fifteen fifteen k, you know. Well, at the same time, think about how much you've made on it too. Death and taxes. You always say. Now, I, I don't want to sound negative here, but let's say that even if you get rid of this property, you have a massive gain. Let's say you take that capital and buy yourself some nice large building. We could then look at a cost segregation and utilize some accelerated depreciation to offset your gain on that new property. Okay. So, so in reality, even if you don't do the 1031 exchange and it falls through, you still have the possibility of acquiring a new property and using losses from that new property to offset your gains on the disposed property. Right. Okay. Okay. By the way, I did not realize that you guys were live at the moment when I joined. Yeah, in. this is not script. This is not script at all. I did not ask Steve. I did not ask Steve to get on, but uh, he just magically appeared. In, in I was hopping on for a noon call with Daniel. Oh yeah. Oh, that, is that what happened? Yup. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? All right. So, 
Okay. So okay. That, me on the spot there. <laughs> that explains a lot. Uh, Noel, are you are you a person that prays a lot? You know, I'm guessing that's that's what's happening here. You prayed yeah. for a miracle, and uh, Stephen Hamilton, of who's a tax professional, is jumping up. Which, by the way, if you guys think that Steve Hamilton should have his own show, comment down below because I, I I've been wanting to get, get him to do that. <laughs> so, hey, thanks, Steve. Uh, actually, I, I am gonna jump out of here because I know Daniel has to use this room. But um, don't Noel, thanks for jumping on the show. I I, I hope that this conversation gave you some uh, some insights. And Noel, yeah, sure. Thank you so much. Uh -oh. I'm sorry. Noel, if you have some questions, feel free to reach out, and I can clarify what I was saying. Sounds good. Thank you so much for the help, guys. Sam, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to go wrap up the show, guys. Appreciate you guys. I know it's a little bit past noon as far as Central, so uh, be sure to subscribe. Love, love us. Go get our free book, and then uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Take care. Hey, everybody. This is Sam Kwok here once again. I hope you enjoyed the episode of the Landlording Automated Podcast. Now, if you can automate all the same old repetitive tasks in your property management, how much time do you think you can save? Well, my team is launching a software called Flowmatics that can do just that. We want you to stop spending your precious time, energy, and stress and simply live your life. And that's what the software can ultimately do. So just head over to automatemyproperties.com and check out how Flowmatics can save you money, time, and energy by automating your properties. Again, that's automatemyproperties.com. Go and check it out and start living your life without the stress and waste of energy.